You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're ticking off another box on the 2023 Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge, mm-hmm. read and author interview. We're also testing out a dimmable book light and solving a problem about returning books to the library. The cutest problem we've ever had. It is very, very cute. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Well, I'm reading a book that you're reading too. Oh, hey. Are you going to talk about that or are you going to talk no, about something talk, else? You can talk. I'll talk about something else. You okay. talk about it. I just finished Samantha Irby's new book, Quietly Hostile Essays. Um, it's like hot, hot, anticipated release. Yeah, I pre-ordered and Same. I also pre-ordered it from the library. And I was like, wow. But I read my pre-order and... um. I will tell you, um, I've been a little jet lagged. I've been reading in the middle of the night, waking up reading. And then the other night I was reading this book and I started laughing in the middle of the night. And I was like, wow, I'm going to straight up wake up my husband. If I stay in bed reading this book, I had to go read it elsewhere. That's amazing. Um, It is a really, as you can expect. You know what you're going to get from Samantha Irby. Irby. Like Samantha Irby is a funny woman who is living uh, in a very small town mm-hmm. and, and um, just has a really great way of looking at life and looking at herself and her body and um, pop culture. She loves yeah. talking about pop culture. She wrote on Sex and the City. There's actually like a full chapter about how she would have changed um, all of the Sex and the City episodes if she had had her like gone back and changed and like she's like, oh, you think I ruined Sex and the City? Wait, here's how I would have ruined it. And it's really funny. So if you love Sex and the City, you would like you'll know all of these. That's amazing. Episodes. Um, but it just, I mean, all all sorts of stuff from her childhood to like she kept calling, she kept she they adopted a dog her and her wife during the pandemic, and um, it's like, the story of adopting it is really funny, and she she co- refers to the dog daycare as the dog school. And it's the reason that kept making me laugh to think about it, <laughs> dropping, dropping this dog off at school. That is really um, funny. It's very funny. This is a great essay book. If you like Samantha Irby, if you like laughing um, <laughs> at uh, fart jokes, then uh, this is the book for you. Oh, she's amazing. Uh, what are you reading? I am reading a book called Chlorine by Jade Song, and it is... It's kind of in that blurry, weird, horror-adjacent fiction space that's kind of like the vegetarian and stuff like that that's like kind of weird and kind of unsettling, but it's not Mm. like straight-up horror, and it's so good. It's a really good language book. It's about this um, young woman, and from a young age, she starts swimming, like, she joins the swim team and it like changes who she is as a person. Like she only feels like she's herself when she's in the water and she starts to have like kind of a relationship with one of the other girls on the team. And it's just all about her growing up and uh, dealing with puberty and various stuff in her body and through the lens of swimming and being in the water. But the thing is she's, Telling you this from like a it's, this all this stuff has already happened because she has turned into a mermaid. Oh wow! And from the go, from like the top of the the start of the book, she's like, yeah, I'm a, not a human anymore. I'm not human. This these are human problems. This is a human story, and things start to get more and more tense and weird and creepy and maybe a little bloody. Um, it is so. It's just such a cool interesting really well written book, and I'm really really enjoying it. Um, so that is Chlorine by Jade Song. And mine is Quietly Hostile Essays by Samantha Irby. We want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Oh, my God, Bria. We got so much fan fiction feedback. People were excited about fan fiction. Nothing about that shocks me. It was uh, a very fun episode to do. We're so happy you loved it. And 
Laura said, thank you so much for your episode on fan fiction. Reading and writing fan fiction has been one of my favorite hobbies since I was a teenager, and it means a lot to me. I was unsurprised, but still very happy that you validated it as real reading, and I'm gratified that you and your wonderful guests made it clear that fan fiction and fan art can be not only a great way to build skills used for original writing and art, but also art forms in and of themselves. The topic also reminded me that when I was listening to your episode from February about dealing with post-book sadness, my first thought was fan fiction. Reading and or writing it can be a great way to spend more time in the world and with the characters you've come to adore. I love that. That's a good idea. So you want want more from this world? Go find some. You made it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Find some or make it yourself. I love that. Love it. Heather wrote in and said, you have no idea what sort of memories your fanfic episode unlocked <laughs> in my brain. I've always remembered Cassandra Clare's epic Harry Draco fic whenever I see her books in store. But I've forgotten about the very secret diaries that Mallory remembered a friend printing and bringing to school. I'll raise you 10 times the nerd oh points. Oh my God. Because the moment you mentioned that, it reminded me of when I was probably about 14. I had this beautiful journal called a Hobbit's Journal that had all these illustrations and doodles throughout. I knew I wanted to use it for something special and Lord of the Ringsy, but what? I was a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. The movies were just starting to come out. I had discovered fan fiction. And in addition to Slash, I loved the funny ones like the VSDs or the Bag Enders. I don't know these. Okay. Friends, I started to transcribe Cassandra's VSDs into the Oh, very, VSDs, very secret diaries. Oh. Gotcha. I started to transcribe Cassandra Clare's VSDs into this gorgeous journal. I planned out various handwritings and found a perfect pen for each character. That is... Nerd points times a million. Wow, so we wrote them in the journal in special pen. As if it was each character writing. Mallory loves the pen part. I know. You know I'm a pen pen head. Real pen head. Real pen head over here. This sounds like a Hellraiser reference, but really it's um, it's just it's pinhead, but it's just a fountain pen sitting out of my head. Yeah. I love that. And then uh, Megan wrote in OMG, I was loving this whole episode of fan fiction. As someone who has written and read fan fiction since, oh, 1997 slash 1998, this was the best. My friend and I used to write Hanson, wow. Backstreet Boy, and InSync fan fiction all through class and middle school. We would pass our notebook back and forth to, and make sure to mark our stopping spot. It's a miracle we managed to actually learn, learn anything in class. I still write fan fiction today. It's not posted anywhere, and maybe only three friends have ever seen it. I started writing on it so long ago, I'm pretty sure my character just invented Instagram and Twitter. Who needs a real timeline anyway? It's my stress relief after busy, stressful days. I love that bit of creativity. I love that. We have even more, okay? Yeah, there's so much. Cecilia wrote in and said, as a reader and writer of X-Files fanfic, Mallory's saying that she'd write self-insert fic about 80 Skitter was made my day. I can't confidently say it doesn't exist, but I've never encountered one. Unfortunately, there is a general lack of Skinner-centered fic, but the X-Files fandom is unusual in that it's extremely weighted towards one ship. Well, I could see that. In fact, the word shipping originated from X-Files Phantom. This why, that's why I put this in here because it's so interesting. Yeah. The show's original run coincided with the internet becoming more widely accessible. Starting in Usenet discussion groups, it was the first major fandom in the 90s and became a blueprint for a lot of what we see in today's fan spaces. At the time, fans were divided about whether they wanted to see Mulder and Scully together romantically. Fans who were opposed to this called themselves no-romos, and those who supported the pairing called themselves relationshippers. Eventually got shortened to shipper. Wow. I especially appreciate the mention about how that's so amazing. Yeah, that's wild. Someone should write about this. I especially appreciate the mention about how fanfic can be the best tool to get out of a reading slump or the only thing that some people can read in dark times. That has certainly been my experience. Thanks to the fic. 
to the fic. She read that, but thanks to fic. I've never stuck in a reading slump for long and has helped me tremendously when life is rough and focusing on anything new is impossible. Fanfic is also an incredible tool for breaking out of writing slumps. I wanted to be a writer since I was a kid, but it wasn't until I started writing fanfic in my late 20s that I actually started doing it. Through fanfic, I have found a wonderfully supportive community, lifelong friends, and a creative outlet that keeps me sane. Wow. Do you want to read Cecilia's Wheelhouse? Celia's Wheelhouse is X-Files vibes. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> Haunted houses, complicated relationships, mystery set in survival situations, narrative nonfiction, Southern Gothic, and existential sci-fi. Love to hear. I'm trying to think of uh, books that would have X-Files energy. I don't know. Mm, I mean, is it about the relationship? Is it about oh. the FBI aspect or is it about the cases? Because I feel cases. like I read a lot of like case like, yeah. things that are kind of like that. I see that. Yeah. Uh, so you can, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show. Delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And if you are in Southern California and you are in the L.A., San Diego, Inland Empire area, I am doing an event at... This is so embarrassing because I go to the store all the time and I've never, I don't know how their name is pronounced. It's the Frugal Frigate or the Frugal Frigate. Frigate, probably. Frigate? Uh-huh. Okay. I am doing an event on June 10th, so that's this Saturday. If you're listening to the episode on the day it comes out or the day after, you got a, got a little window here. Uh, come out. It's in Redlands, California. It's this amazing children's bookstore called The Frugal Frigate, and I'm going to be there with my boyfriend, Jeremy, my Oscar-winning boyfriend, Jeremy, uh, talking about making movies and talking about being a kid and loving creativity and like the great, great advice we have for kids who want to learn how to make movies and make books and be creative. And you should just come out because this bookstore is amazing. It's a kid's bookstore. Jeremy and I go there all the time to buy middle grade books. We're like, hi, we're the only couple here without children. We're just hanging out and being weird. <laughs> it's a great bookstore. They're so wonderful. Uh, they also have an adult section called uh, uh, Room of One's Own. Oh. And it's like adult books, uh, but it's mostly a kid's bookstore. And I'm really excited to do an event there. It's at 1 p.m. There's a link in the show notes. And I uh, hope to see you there. I'm very excited about it. Other bookmark is if you are in Idlewild, if you are in the town that I live in uh, and you're around, I'm doing an event at the public library in Idlewild next week on the Tuesday the 13th uh, at 7 p.m. I'm going to be at the Idlewild Library talking about writing and my books and finding your voice as a writer. I'm really, really excited about it. It's going to be really fun. But yeah, it's going to be a great time. Come on out. I'd like to see you. So before we take it off another box on the 2023 Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge, we're going to take a quick break. So you probably heard about microdosing, but if not, just know all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. And today, our show is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Look, there are many ways and reasons to microdose, but Microdose Gummies makes it easy. You just pop one of those little gummies, and maybe you're like me, maybe you're a multitasker, you'd like to do a lot of things at once. Well, Microdose can help you slow down, Put down that phone, quit watching TV while you're trying to do something else, and just be in the moment. You can really sink your teeth into, hey, maybe a book. Maybe you're reading a really good book. It can help you focus on that book, it, or it can help you just focus on what you're doing. Like maybe you're working, maybe you're writing something, maybe you are just out trying to take a walk and like be in the moment. Guess what? Microdose can help you with that. You know what else? 
Um, it can also help you with sleep. Maybe you've tried Ambien, Melatonin, NyQuil. You can try it. Listen, I've tried all three for sure, but microdose gummies, they definitely work. You take one gummy an hour before you go to sleep, and by the time you get in bed, you're going to feel good and relaxed, and all that mental background noise or the shoulder pain or your back pain, it's always the back with me, will keep you up at night. It's not going to keep you up because you've taken that microdose gummy. And microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code GLASSES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code GLASSES. GLASSES. Greatest Trek is the podcast for all your modern Star Trek needs. It's funny, informative, and now it's also timely. That's because every Friday, right after the release of a new episode of Strange New Worlds, Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, or Prodigy, we bring you a review of that episode. There's some great new Star Trek coming up, and we're going to cover all of it. You'll like our show because we're both former video producers, so we bring a lot of insight into the production and filmmaking aspects to these episodes. And we also have a very refined sense of humor, so we make lots of delightful fart jokes along the way. So come see why Greatest Trek is one of the most popular television recap podcasts on all of the internet. Subscribe to Greatest Trek at MaximumFun.org or in the podcast app you're using right now. This week, we're ticking off another box on the 2023 Reading Glasses Challenge. Read an interview with an author you love. Where do you find interesting author interviews and how can they improve your reading life? So we put this on the challenge this year for a couple of reasons. One, you know we love supporting authors on the show. Reading author interviews, which they usually do to promote a new or upcoming book, can really give them a boost, especially if you share them on social media. But reading author interviews can also be a boost for you. <laughs> yeah. Like we were talking about in the opening, some post-book sadness, this could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Reading an author interview about the book can give you a little little extra stuff. A little something, something. Little bump, uh, enhance your reading experience, and you get to know the author's inspiration for the book or a little behind-the-scenes peek into writing it. Might be some extra content uh, that you that may make you not miss the book quite as much. Yeah, just give me a little extra. It's like watching the extras on a DVD mm-hmm. when you're like, wow, that movie was so great. I want to see the behind-the-scenes interviews. That's, yeah. It helps. Yeah. So where do you find them? Uh, the best way to keep up with an author's events and books and interviews, of course, is to follow them on social media or subscribe to their newsletters. But also there's a lot of genre and literary magazines, Locus, Kirkus, other magazines that don't end with the U.S. <laughs> uh, book page is a big one, but they've got author interviews. Same with newspapers. Um, NPR is great. NPR mm-hmm. is great author interviews. Uh, literary websites, of course, the library, uh, our own Los Angeles Public Library features regular author interviews. I myself have done some. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can always Google the author name plus interview if you want to find one in particular. But those are great places to look for for ones that might uh, catch your eye. And of course, yes, you can always lind- listen to an interview. That counts. We know that Glassers want to know the rules. You can absolutely listen to an interview. So Mallory, does that mean that listening to Reading Glasses podcast counts? Yes. Okay. So you do, if you don't fast forward through the interview process part, that would count. Absolutely. To check off this. Check off this box. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be a author you love. Yes. So if you love one of the authors on our show or like them quite a bit, <laughs> love such a strong word. 
<laughs> then I think that this could then it could totally counts. Okay. Yes. So Bria, what makes you want to read one? Are you more interested before or after the book? Ooh, after. After. Which is funny because um uh I, I don't read too many, but if I come across them, um, I do always enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'd probably read more interviews with like filmmakers because it's more for me like a um Work like stuff. a craft. Yeah. yeah, like a craft question. But yeah, I mean, after I is like after I finished the book and I'm like, oh, that was your influence. So that was like what you were going for with this. Yeah. That's always really helpful. What about you? Are you reading before or after? Oh, after. I don't know spoilers. But also it's just I I am a person who loves to know behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So my ideal reading experience, perfect perfect day for Mallory O'Mara. Re- loving an author, but not knowing anything about their book and then loving the book. And when I'm done, wanting to know more and reading an interview with them about it. Like that is oh, beautiful. Cause I love, <laughs> I love craft stuff too. And I yeah. like anything that I am really into, whether it's movies or whatever, like I get really interested in how things are made and how things are done. Yeah. So it's very fun to me to like, read a whole book by an author and then like you said know what their influences are like how they how they put this thing together like i i love that I how think it's really is fun. the sausage made how's <laughs> the vegan sausage how's, made? how is the what did we have today what was the uh pepperoni something made out of satan pepper no it, it was pea protein. pea protein pepperoni how's that pea protein pepperoni made <laughs> a lot of peas <laughs> how much pea protein can uh wait well, no it's the shisha sh- it's she sells seashells by the seashore. Uh huh. P Peter. I'm waiting. Packs. It could be pea protein Peter Piper pepper. A pack of pickle pop. Yeah. Of, of, uh, of, of, of pea, pea protein, protein pepperoni. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, so, Bria, how do we complete this part of the challenge? Well, I was gonna say I hadn't, but um, mine was a little bit of a cheat. I did end up going to read. We interviewed Trey Bell Anderson mm-hmm. very recently um, before they were on the show. And um, I ended up reading an interview with them just because I was curious what other people were asking about. I do that before I interview people too. I don't always do it. But this one, I was just kind of curious what people were asking about specifically in the book because the book covered so much. And I was yeah. like, I, I kind of want to know about their personal experience, but I also want to know like how they decided to make, write the book. I was like, y'all maybe listen to the interview. But I loved that book. And I love Trayvon Anderson because they give me um, my news every morning. So I am a big fan of their work because I listen to what a day every day. Uh, so I feel I literally got on there and I was like, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity, which <laughs> they liked quite a bit. Um, but I feel like I should do it again for something not reading glasses podcast related. And, um, you know, I have till December 31st. So maybe yeah. ask me then. Because maybe I'll go and read. You'll get a call from me 8 a.m. December 31st. Whose author interview did you read? I also feel like you and I consume so much bookish stuff that you could very easily do this by accident. Sure. Well, that's what I was thinking with people listening to Reading Glasses. They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm a big fan of, you know, whoever we've had on recently. Like, Shauna McGuire is coming on soon. And, like, if you're a big fan of Shauna McGuire, you could just listen to this interview. But I also would encourage people to go out. I will say, like, as a person who has to do a lot of interviews when you're putting stuff out. That's what I'm saying. It's exhausting. That You're like, I I just hope someone's reading this. And and so if someone went and sought out interviews, that would, like, kind of make me feel good. You know? Oh, for sure. That would be really nice. Uh, what, What did you do for this? Uh, well, we talked about her at the top of the show. Glass, her favorite, Samantha Irby, has a new book out. And I saw she did an interview with NPR, and I read it. And it was just, it's so interesting reading about what she will and will not put in books. And that's something that she was talking oh, about. Oh, that's interesting. Because she, it seems like it's everything. Yes, but, but apparently sure she actually, yeah. she has a very intricate system. And she also has an intricate system about who she will and won't make fun of. 
And mm. I, it was so interesting reading about her. She is so candid about so much stuff. But she gets criticized by some queer critics who are like, she doesn't write about, which means she doesn't make fun of a lot of her queer relationships. And she's like, I won't make fun of women. Oh, she doesn't make fun of women at all? She, like, at least in, like, relationship-wise. And she's like, uh, also, the relationships I have with, with, with women, they don't do anything weird. It's the guys who do <laughs> funny, weird stuff and that I want to write about. she has one... Listen, y'all heard me talk about it at the top of the show. There's one... This is not a spoiler, but it's pee-related. <laughs> and it is... Oh boy, I was not. That was one of the ones I laughed out loud at, though, because it was like I could not. It, it's very funny. It's very funny, and she the is ending great. is a is a real shocker. So that one's it's a good one. <laughs> uh, it's just so interesting to read that kind of stuff and have her be so. I mean, she's one of the great things about Samantha Irby is she is so candid and she's just so vulnerable, and have her be so uh, transparent about her writing process hmm. and be straight out like, oh yeah, I just won't write about the women that I've dated. And it's just so interesting to to read stuff like that. And we were talking a little bit early. It was I don't know. I'm staying here for the weekend. I can't remember if it was last night or today. But one of the hardest parts of being a writer is actually being an author. Oh. And the two, they're two different jobs. And yeah. one requires being entertaining and funny. Oh, we were talking and about And meeting, this. media training yourself. Oh, yes. That was, that was his yes. point. Uh, this one author in particular we were talking about. And we'll never reveal the name. Um, but it is, you know, it's a, it's a job that requires two hats. You know, you have to be good at writing and making a book, but then you also have to promote it and talk about it and do interviews and do events and do readings. And like some people are good at one and not the other. Some people are good at both, you know, and Samantha Irby is always entertaining. If, if you were reading her essays or you're just listening to her talk and or reading her interviews you know like that's what makes me want to read an interview with an author too is that they're really funny and entertaining yeah. and interesting like i've read any patricia lockwood interview i've ever seen sure. i've read because i know she's going to be funny yeah of course it'd be funny if these people who are so funny in their essays are really dull in their <laughs> interviews like their interviews are just like what like, i mean this is the thing too i'm sure you have this where it's like i want to be entertaining in my interviews i want to say things that yes. are like that people want because it's so you do so many of them and it's actually quite hard to be clever in all of them yeah because you feel like you're repeating yourself over yeah and, over and again. i end up saying the dumbest shit in mine like <laughs> where i'm like really that's what i said you know like and i don't know there's something very humanizing about that to me when i read oh, an yeah. interview with an author and i'm like wow they said some dumb shit in that but that's okay like i still like yeah. their work i to i mean i totally get it it's hard it's hard to keep fresh it really is and uh, i really respect authors who are good at interviews and again we think that it's good for everybody wins. It's good for an author. It's good for you. It makes you want to read more of their work and pay attention to what they're doing and also gives you a insight into their writing and a little bit extra of a book. And if you might tell you what their next project is, what they've got a new book coming out, you know, it's, it's awesome. And that's why we wanted to highlight this in the challenges. It's great to kind of pay attention to authors outside of book releases. You know what I mean? Uh, so you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Hey there, this is Drea Clark. This is Alonzo Duralde. And this is Sparta! Iffy. Listen, I got 300 on the brain. We just watched the movie 300 in honor of our 300th episode of Maximum Film. That's right. And to celebrate this major milestone, we brought back original co-hosts Ricky Carmona and April Wolf. But just for this one episode, right? Oh, Iffy, you know we could never replace you. Some of the voices have changed over the years. Heck, the name of the show has changed too. But through it all, Maximum Film remains 
Truth, the movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white guys. Deal with it. Find this and all 300 episodes of Maximum Film anytime on MaximumFun.org. Time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. This week's book tech was sent to us by some wonderful glasser. This was one of the packages that Amazon had to resend to us, and it came with no name. So if you sent this, please email us, and we'll shout you out. We're very grateful and very grumpy about the weird computer bug that made this happen. Uh, so this is the Vecchia dimmable book light. It is a clip-on book light that comes with three different light temperatures and a switch for dimming or brightening the light. It's also USB rechargeable, which we love. Bria, what did you think of this light? Um, well, first of all, it does look a little complicated when you first look at it. It does look very it's complicated. Got like, okay. It looks like it belongs in the Star Trek episode. Yeah, it does. It looks like I'm going to call and be like, uh, uh, yeah. like, like <laughs> it looks like it's like you're going to call. <laughs> no one can see me doing that, but it does kind of look like it's like a, uh, some sort of corresponding device. Yes, for um, sure. But it, yeah, it's cool. So it's got like, you can bend the little neck. We'll put a photo of this on Instagram. And it's got um, three different levels of um, of lights and they're different like kind of temperature. Yeah, you can do, it's like a icy white like regular right. and then more of an amber one. Yeah, and they got like a bright as hell one. Um, and then it has like a bunch of things, but it didn't, and I put it on wrong at first, and then Mallory said, no, that's not how you put it on. Um, and then it does, yeah, and then it works. I mean, it does, it's kind of a, it's a hefty little device. It feels, I'm going to say this, aesthetically, it's no. not as cute as some of the ones we've used. Oh, God, we've, no. we've gotten some of them, we're like, oh, that's so cute. But like functionally, yeah. It is honestly probably one of the better ones we've reviewed. Yeah, this is function over because, form for yeah, sure. Yeah, this is, I mean, it works really well. It's really easy to put on a page. How hard is it to take off? Not that bad. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I'm doing it right now. We have a live test happening, folks. Okay, it's not that easy to take off, but maybe if I did it on this one and then just had to put one underneath, that would work. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy to it's pretty easy to use. I'm gonna say this is a really good, yeah, functional. Like, is this the kind of thing? This is like a re, you know what this is for dads. Dads, dads would it's love real this. Real dad, dad energy because it's really functional mm-hmm. and it's not like cutesy. It's not like a you know a light blue like no. little like thing that would. It match, is black you know. and silver. It's, it's very black and silver. It looks not like for a, traveling either because it's kind of clunky. Yeah, it's a little bit clunky. It also, yeah, it looks a little bit like um. A Mr. Gadget watch. Yes, you Mr. Know, Gadget like, would love this. He would definitely love this. But it is a really good gadget. I mean, I'll give it five out of five. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a very it's well, very functional, well designed, very functional. I just think it's like not the kind of thing. Like maybe you buy it for yourself. You keep but this not, at home. Yes, yes. This is not the one you travel to the beach with. No. This is not the one you go to like the cute, um, uh, you know, you get the cute little beach town, and you get one that like you know has a sunshine on it or some shit. No, this is like the one that like, I mean, you don't you could. Take it, you know, on an This airplane. is the book light equivalent of the ugly pajamas that you wear at home. That are very comfortable. Yes. Yes. Uh, the ugly pajamas of book lights. That work really well. Mm-hmm, you but, will never get rid of them. But you will never bring them on a sleepover. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, what did you think about it? I liked it. You know, my standard for book lights is they have to be rechargeable. Yeah, and it has I, this little rechargeable no. weird tail on it. Yeah, it has a... The, the charger is, like, attached to it, and you just stick the whole book light itself, plug it into a computer... It's it. I thought it wasn't gonna work when I opened this. I showed it to Jeremy. I was like, "This seems fake," but it totally it works. Does. You just plug it, it. You plug it into a USB 
It's a lot. Wow, that's wild. Uh, Technology, huh? But I, I'm living, trying to live a battery-free life, and uh, yeah. I don't, because I don't like the stress of being like, oh my god, how how long am I it's gonna? The worst. What if I run out of batteries? Um, and it's just really convenient. You can stick in a computer, wall adapter, and I really like the light switches. I don't care as much about the temperature of the light. Some people really have a lot of strong opinions. They want a brighter, whiter light. They want a softer amber light. I don't care about that. But being able to adjust the brightness is I, very nice. This one level is so bright. There's one level that is like you could find you could somebody in the woods. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep this by my bed as a flashlight. That's what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> yeah, it's very impressive. This name also Vecchia feels a little bit like out of a Stranger Things. Yeah, uh, like I think isn't that isn't that the name of the villain? No, I think it's Vecna. 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 Ve- maybe Vecchia is his sister. Yeah, yeah. Vecchia. Uh, she started a, a, a line of um, book, book lights. lights. Yeah. yeah. She's like my she brother became way. an evil villain. I went into book lights. Yeah. Very different life paths. Um, but you know, if you have someone next to you in bed trying to sleep, or you love you and you want to like have it dim, or you're like me and you love a really bright book light. This is a great book light, you know, like if if you someone's next to you and you do want to read, but you don't want it to be too bright, you know, this is all. And one thing I also really loved about it is that you can adjust where the bulbs are on the book light. So you can make the whole, like the, how close the light is to the book. Yeah. Longer or shorter. So you, if you are, maybe if you have a mass market paperback or then you're reading a giant hardcover and you're like this, I need this book light is too big or too small. You can actually make it longer or shorter, which I think is you really cool. You can also move it super close to the page yes. on the brightest light there is and then just catch the ba- book on fire. And then <laughs> save your, save yourself if you were in the woods. Because <laughs> it is so bright it and it can get bright. very close to the page. Yes. And you can also, it, it does look like what someone would think a cell phone looked like in the 1970s. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It does kind of look like an old cell phone. But I'm giving it a five out of five. You know, it's not super expensive. If you like being able to have a lot of adjustments on your book light, like if you are reading a wide variety of shapes and and weights of books in Mm. different situations, this is perfect for you. Yeah. You can adjust literally every possible thing that is able to be adjusted on a book light. Yeah. So five out of five from both of us. Wow. Thanks. Uh, so if you have some book tech ideas, you can send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or you can check out our wish list in the show notes uh, for some stuff that uh, we're excited to test out. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Kayla writes in, when I return my books to the library, I always feel horrible putting them in the return slot and hearing them thunk in there. Is there a right way to put a book in the return slot, i.e. spine first, to minimize the chances of it being damaged? Now, off the top, I want to say this is the most reading glasses <laughs> problem I've ever heard. This is primo glasses <laughs> what, what issue. What kind of stuff do you cover on reading glasses? Well, is the thunk good or is the thunk bad? You know? <laughs> That's what we have to figure out. Now, I did want to say that I consulted with some librarians for their expert level help um some lovely twitter librarians but also some friends of the show librarians and i first off first thing yes spine first is recommended Mm. and one librarian actually said that they have a sign at their book drop that says please put this book in spine first which i thought was interesting but friend of the show uh author and award-winning book reviewer uh historian alex brown said just drop those suckers in Mm. the boxes are designed to minimize damage slash impact books tend to fall flat anyway it's rare to have severe damage and that usually comes with someone putting a cd or dvd in a book drop instead of the media Uh That said, if there's already damage to the book, such as a broken spine or loose pages, better to take that in and hand it to staff rather than put it in the drop. The drop will make it worse. Mm. So we love Alex and uh, 
their wisdom about so many things, but very much appreciate this. Uh, Becky Spratford, also a friend of the show, wrote wrote and said, um, everything Alex said, those boxes are expensive for a reason, (laughs) but also you can pop inside and use the interior return or hand to a Stark person directly. Many patrons always return to a person so they can chat about their books with someone. It's very common. So I had a question like you worked at a library for many years, do you have dropping off tips? Do you do I, you think is this is I common? Mean, to be fair, I haven't worked in a library in twenty five years. Uh, libraries so haven't changed time. too much, at least when it comes to print books. I mean, the only thing I kept thinking was like, don't don't drop them, like open them up and push them down that way. <laughs> you know, like the Cram kind them of in like there. obvious things. Um, but I think that they're they're thunking correctly. That's what <laughs> I think. Just like let them thunk in there. That's kind of the joy of it. You get you can to like thunk dump if you want something. to. You can leave your books behind. <laughs> Good. <laughs> if I come up with something better. Um, no, no other dropping off tips. You know, I just you know, drop drop them off. Get them, get them back. That's all. Just make sh- I think the point is you're getting them back. Yes. You know, good for you. I do understand this, though, because there's been times where I've returned a lot of books to the library. Like, I'm dropping off a bunch of research books, and they're all, like, big, heavy hardcovers, and I'm hearing them thunk in there, and I'm like... Oh, I hope one of them didn't land weird. And then, like, I my greatest fear would be, like, the first one to land weird and then the, all the rest of them pile on top yeah. of it. And then I'm like, oh, then I broke this book somehow. I think you're probably all right. I think it's probably pretty rare. Well, but library books are also, they're, they're, they have that wrapping. Yeah. That cup, what, is, what is it called? It's like, I don't know, like the plastic stuff over Yeah. There? Yeah. I mean, plastic. they're pretty hardy. Yeah, they're, they're designed... They're designed for this. And, um, you know, let's say a couple get ruined every so often. Yeah, it's probably... Not more and worse than it's wear and tear, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think like unless you are loading a book into a cannon and shooting it into the library, I don't think you're gonna have a problem. But I do think that this is such a reading glasser question to be yes. like, am I putting the books? Am I doing the- it correctly? And I love glassers. They're so uh, they're, conscientious. They are the most conscientious. I think uh, we have the most conscientious podcast listeners yes. in the world. Yeah. Now, but what if you? So I, Alex, is something really interesting. Uh, and this is another library question. I don't know the last time I checked out a DVD from the library. Are there different slots? There usually are. There's usually a media slot. But I did not, not know. At, I'm trying to think of a library, like at the, some of the libraries I go to. I always just saw one slot. There might just be one slot for most of them. That's what I would be nervous about is mm-hmm. like piling books the on CDs top of a CD. Do yeah. people still check out CDs from the library? I assume so. Wow. I mean. I can't even play CDs anymore. I have a friend, my friend Charles, who I've been friends with for like 20 years, texted me the other day and was like, Mallory, I'm going through my basement and I found a CD you let me borrow in like 2006. Do you want it back? And I was like, no, I can't play it anymore. (laughs) Well, what was it? Uh, It was like a CD of like some Irish rock band. I don't Great. And uh, so he was like, well, in, in exchange. Molly? No, but it was something along those lines. I guess Gaelic something. Um, But... Uh, in return, he was like, well, I will, I've had it for almost 20 years. I will, uh, burn, like rip all the tracks and then send them to you. Oh, wow. But I can't like, I can't even play a, Like a I can't, I, Jeremy has a DVD player, but I can't play a CD or a DVD. Do you have this theory that, um, every Leprechaun movie always has a flogging Molly song in it? <laughs> How many you know, Leprechaun like, movies are you? And like, they're like speaking in like these, like whatever. Like How many Leprechaun movies are there? There's a lot of them. I don't know if they all have Flogging Molly songs. But I mean, I feel but like there's, there's a lot of movies in the Leprechaun franchise, but yeah. are there uh, movies outside of the Leprechaun? I meant the franchise. Oh. But maybe, yeah. I thought you meant like the the general genre of Leprechaun films. But also, films. I think there's that. I feel like it's like filmmakers are like, Irish, cool. Flogging this is the Molly. the one band I can think of. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that, well, I, I mean, I like a lot of Irish music. 
So yeah. I, there's a bunch I know, but I think Fogging Molly is like the well, because I'm from New England. It's Dropkick Murphys. Oh yeah, that's the other one. That's also and that's also like if you start playing Shipping Up to Boston, I am legally required to get up and start singing along. Yes, yes, or like a man dressed as a donut from Dunkin' Donuts will come, or Ben Affleck himself will find <laughs> me and beat me to a pulp. But yeah, I guess I, I've never seen a media slot at a library and I'm very, I'm going to start looking for them. And I, I wonder how many people accidentally like don't see it and put their DVDs and CDs in the library, in the book slot and Worth bad things for. happen. Yeah. Folks, let us know. I'm. This is one of those You're things. You're returning your DVD of Leprechaun to the library. <laughs> and your CD of Flogging Molly. <laughs> yep. Let us know. I this I feel like this is gonna be one of those weird reading glasses things where we get a lot of feedback about the thunk about returning the like, thumps. Yes, it's mm-hmm. a, we always get the most feedback by the things that we think are like nothing, like not like not a big deal, and that's why I love doing this podcast. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, no matter how small or weird you think it is, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. And remember, you can buy reading glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers and all kinds of fun stuff over at our Void merch store. There's a link in the show notes, folks. That stuff is so cool. And with the shirts, there's all different colors, different styles, different fabric types, which is awesome. It's a really great place to check out for all your bookish goods to make you look sexy. And if you like the show and you want to do something for free and you want me and Bria to eat some sopapillas, please rate and review us on the, on the podcast listening app of your choice, specifically Apple Podcasts for this. We are really close to 1,500 reviews. I really want to try a sopapilla. I'm very... Gotta try it so with honey... Oh my Ooh, god! A bit of honey People sugar? have been posting so much sopapilla stuff in the Slack channel, and it just made me want to eat one. But now I can't have one until we get to fifteen hundred reviews. So please, I, I'm hungry and I want a sopapilla. Open, open up your, get your iPhone, open up your Apple Podcast, go in there, give us a five star review. I, it will take you less than a minute. Next time you have to pee and you're looking for something to do, don't read the back of a shampoo bottle. Don't go on Instagram. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's fantastic for us and helps us reach more listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.